This is Manny Motati, the Curtain Call Kid, one of the guys that filmed the Curtain Call, and you're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. It's me, it's me, it's the ROB mobbing once again with Perched on the Top Rope, and this episode is just too sweet. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. That's right from what you just heard with that show opener. We have Manny Motati, the Curtain Call Kid, former WWE writer Rob Hockman. And, of course, we have the guy formerly from Sportskeeda, soon to start his 30-day trial and then full-time write for Wrestling Inc. I am Lee Walker. Manny, we just came off of the 25th anniversary of the curtain call. I want to know, how did you celebrate that day? May 19th. Uh, actually, <clears throat> I did, did a few podcasts. That's how I celebrated it. You know, it's like, yeah, let's do a couple on the 25th anniversary. I actually accidentally double booked again tonight, but luckily the other one, you know, didn't get back to me, which is great. <laughs> <laughs> We're better anyways. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Uh, So Manny, you know, just coming off the 25th anniversary, the whole curtain call thing. uh, Pretty amazing stuff, considering that in those days and and still to this day, WWE doesn't like people filming at shows. I got to ask, how did Jason sneak the camera in? That's a very, very good question. Um, we talk about sneaking in and WDB talks about smuggling, sneaking, whatever you want to call it. It is further from that as possible. We never snuck in the cameras, even though I've mentioned sneaking it in or smuggling it in. We never smuggled or we never snuck in. Here's how we did it. Um, we did it about seven, eight times, all NASA Coliseum and Madison Garden house shows. What we did is... Uh, it's a VHS-C camera, so it's not too small, like a small camera, but it's not a big VHS camera where you have to carry this heavy thing around, which obviously you'll get caught if you record it on that. So it was half the size of a VHS tape. What we did is our routine was, okay, let's go to this house show. Oh, you got your camera, you got your tape, you got your battery set up. Boom, you know, you have to have two back then, 96, 95, you have to have two batteries, you have to have two tapes, just make sure you have enough tape, you have enough battery, so you're good. How we did it was, uh, we'd walk in, we would never be like, oh, Jay, or Manny, or we would, like, oh, make sure you hide it, make sure you hide it. oh, be careful, do this, do that. It was never like that, it was just a normal routine where we would just walk in. He would have his camera on the side of, he would have a strap, boom, goes to security. Um, Half the time he would get stopped. And when he would get stopped, they would ask him what's in the back. He would actually open up the bag and say, oh, it's just a camera. Because they wouldn't think little kids, 16, 17 year olds were going to bring a video camera in and to film a, a stupid house show that has the same results all the time. No the title changes, nothing like that, nothing special. So he would just say it's it's just a camera, and all the security would believe him, and we would just walk right in. We never hid it under our pants. We never hid the battery here, hit the camera here. 
it was out in the open and we just walked right in. That's how easy it was. Manny, how, how crazy has it been that we're still talking about this 25 years later? I mean, I know you've done a bunch of uh, click videos that, that are on the WWE Network. You were actually just recently on the Shawn Michaels uh, A&E biography. Um, so talk about what it's, what it's been, you know, what a whirlwind it must be for you. 25 years later, they're still, they're still talking about this one small clip video that you guys did all these years later. Yeah, it goes to show you, wow, 25 years. Have I been a, long, a fan that long? It's, it's actually been since, since I was like eight. So it's like 96, 10 years even before that. So 35 years of being a fan. You're like, wow, all that time. It's amazing because at the in the beginning when it first when we first filmed it, we never thought it was anything like ridiculously special, ridiculously special, even though at the end it was awesome. But it never really took off the way that it has in the last, I would say probably the last five years, and especially in the last year or two, because we would never hear anything from other people or other fans that, you know. You guys created this. You guys created Austin 316. You guys created Attitude Era. You guys created that. It's like, oh, I never really thought of that. I just thought we captured a really cool moment. And it, it started making its way onto DVDs, the NWO Black and Black, Triple H uh, DVDs in the early 2000s. But it's still never, I never got contacted with anybody. But also the fact is I never went out to contact anybody or say that I filmed that or me and Jason filmed that because I was hiding away from the fact that we did that because I didn't want to even hear about the curtain call because of the fact, the way it got leaked out. And it bothered me a lot to the point where I just put it out of my mind. Like it didn't even exist. So whenever I would see it on any kind of WWE DVD or wherever it was, I would see it. It would just make me cringe. And I was just like, Oh, I don't, I don't, I didn't want it. It's like, we didn't get recognition for it. I don't even want to see it. So it wasn't until the WWE reached out to us the first time in uh, late 2014. I was like, you know what? I haven't done anything interview-wise, video-wise. I haven't even told my my personal friends that I filmed. Even people I I was so close to and we would wrestle together or just wrestling and talking about wrestling, I would never bring it up. Only maybe a few knew about it. And then I was like, you know what, if I'm going to go out and talk about it, I'm going to do it for the right company for the WWE. And that's where I came out and did that first interview for the Click Rules. Well, well, Manny, it begs one other question from me. And, and I've I've had my fair share of, of uh, my run ins with WWE legal. What what was that first phone call like? when uh and how did they get in touch with you what and what was that like the very first time obviously um some of the some of the great minds in wwe legal uh have to obviously have a conversation with you i'm sure it, it how, how did that whole thing go down i'm sure you didn't pick up your phone and triple h was on the other end asking for you know to discuss everything it probably went through uh some back office people but talk about that for a minute because i've certainly had my fair share of run-ins with the with the wwe legal department um how it started is ww.com made an article about okay this is uh 18 19 years and on ww.com and all the guys from there i'm not sure who it was but all the guys had a uh 
history. I mean, um, basically they would explain what went down that night and Jason happened to reply on that. Oh, I was the guy that filmed it with my friend. If you ever want to contact me, this is how you can get in touch with me. And he never really thought about anything after making that comment. I wouldn't do that because I was just too, I don't know. I was too hard headed to even acknowledge that we did it. It's like, what's the point? It's like, if they want to, get in touch with us, they, they could find us. You know, we already had a friend that worked with WWE at the time, known him for many years. Like they would obviously know where to find us. So a couple months go by, Jason gets a email on his LinkedIn or whatever. And they said, Hey, we got your message and we were making a click DVD. Would you uh, like to be on it? At first he was like, Oh, that's cool. It's like, he, he's like, thinking about it, it's like wait you guys used all this footage for many years what else could you want from me possibly yeah we'd like you to come and talk about it for the first time and he goes i'll only do it if if manny would come on because manny was that magical screaming annoying mark voice <laughs> <laughs> that that every that at first everybody hated and now everybody loves that voice and it's used in clips all over the place <laughs> just and that's that was real emotion you know that's raw emotion so that that was the first time they contacted us and then and then we shot for that and uh it, it's been a wonderful experience since then and the fan response from all over it's it, every day now it's like i would be lying if i said the current call isn't my everyday existence now because I have to deal with it every day, whether I want to or not, what, you know, from people on YouTube or Facebook or Instagram, just randomly message me all, all positive response. Remember it was like 15 years that I just stayed away from it. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Now it's just like, Oh, okay. I'll accept this. You know, it's, it's cool. And the fans are, are awesome. They're all positive. You know, I'm just a fan like that. They are as well, you know? So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a very big part of, wrestling history that that you filmed and everybody loves that this is actually a question of rob that that he he and i discussed yesterday uh during that night where were you guys seated in madison square garden for the curtain call okay this is a a very good question that uh we would purposely sit in the 300 section because before pandemic, we would always be in the front row. I would always be in the front row. But before that, in the 90s, we purpose, purposely sat in the 300 section as far away as possible from any attention, from any kind of security. We would stay away from the 200 section. We would stay away from the 100. Obviously, we wouldn't sit on the floor. And uh, we would only stay in that section because we were further out and with the camera, at least you can still catch everything and not be too far away. I mean, back in the day, those cameras and everything, it's like, you're not going to get 4k video, but you're going to get a pretty good video. And another thing I, I wanted to talk about is being sitting that far back recording. You're not going to get the best quality tape, but we still have the original tape which other people are like, oh, this is a grainy quality. This is bad quality. And um, what you saw the first time on the 1997 edition of Raw, that was like the worst quality I've ever seen. It's like, that's what pissed me off. It's like, 
not just the, the fact that they used our footage on Raw without <laughs> me knowing. I'm just watching. It's there. It was just so, I was like, why is this such a bad quality? Couldn't you get a better quality of this? <laughs> and over the years, they got better versions of it. But um, my quality is like pretty good. You can actually see faces clearly, you know? So it's like, it's, I don't know where, how many generations of VHS have been copied, copied, copied until they got whatever Shawn Michaels got his hands on the first time. And from thereafter, I don't know, but it, their quality is terrible. Well, um, <laughs> it, it just blows my mind that, um, you know, with everything that we have, you know, nowadays we had the WWE hidden treasures. Have they reached out to you about possibly uh, getting their hands on on that, the, the tape, the actual tape? Because that obviously is a huge part of wrestling history. I mean, it really is. Here's the thing. I always thought about it, and I know it's eventually going to happen, but not yet. I know they're doing the whole hidden treasures thing for they want to preserve everything for a physical museum or a hall of fame, something like that within the next year, two, three years, wherever it is. So I do have it here, even though they, it's their, their tape, but phys, I have the physical original here, which is nice. So I would say in a few years, you, you never know. They might use that in the, in the museum, you know? Nice. Oh, that, was a, that was a good question, Rob. I was is it, is it locked away? Is it locked away in a safe? Because God forbid, Rob, you know, your house would have burned down or something like that. I hope it's locked away, something really, really secure. Rob, you asked the question before I answered, so that's awesome. Um, out of the 350 VHS tapes I have, the curtain call is the only one I have locked up in my closet. Nice. And it's not, it's, it's not in a safe. It's not anywhere else where the other tapes will be where in the storage where all my wrestling memorabilia is, my chairs, just about everything is there. I don't keep that there. Who knows? That place might, like you said, might burn down or something, someone might break into it. At least my tape is secure with me. It's like you'll have to kill me to get it in a way. Well, if, <laughs> if you ever need a secure place, you can come down to, to Orlando, Florida here with me and, and, and I'll store it in a very secure place. I give you Beautiful. my word. <laughs> Beautiful. And, and you know what it is? It's like the current call tape means a lot to me. Um, I might happen to have it right next to me if it's okay for you to, for you guys to see. Absolutely. I, I mean, it, this is the, uh, the part that A&E edited out because obviously, you know, they have to smush everything from one hour to two minutes of me talking. So I don't mind showing it. I mean, they, I did show it for A&E, but obviously that was edited out. So let's see if I can find it a couple of feet away from me. And, uh, there it is. Nice. Oh my that God. is the curtain call tape with original magazine stickers of WWF World Tour Divorce, biggest event of '96 on a on the VHS tape. As you can see, that's the writing. The writing actually says MSG Bootleg, May 19, 1996. The real clicked. So it doesn't say curtain call or farewell to the click. Was when we taped it. It was not called the curtain call. It was not called farewell to the click. I just called it the click tape because 
that's how I knew they became the click. And this is this is the tape, you know, straight from the camcorder. This is it. Now, did and you have an idea? Did you have an idea of what you were actually, what was actually going down, and what you were seeing when this was happening? Because back then, you know, I've always been, uh, so I, I've always been the person that said internet killed wrestling. And the reason I say that is because nowadays, if Daniel Bryan's contract is up or Kevin Nash's contract is up, we know when it's up and where he's going and it's already been planned, et cetera, et cetera. But back then we didn't have that sort of thing. So did you, did you and, and your, your friend have an idea of what you exactly were, what, what was going down and that they were leaving and this was it. And, and, you know, we just broke 18 walls of kayfabe and Jim Cornette somewhere was having a stroke. Yes, actually I had to know what was going on because I had a, um, an 800 hotline at the time that I started when I was 16 years old. And even before that, it was a, um, it was a video gaming system that had live gaming. It was called X-Band. And I would have a newsletter through that, that I would update every day before I had the hotline. So when I see all these internet sites blow up, it's like, I could have gone that route. And I went from that to having an 800 hotline. So I had to know everything that was going on. I would, have quite a few different sources of getting my news from and um, how I found out that Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were leaving were from Howard Finkel and Howard Finkel's hotline wasn't really a hotline. It was like you call up, Oh, this place is a new town coming for this for signing autograph signing, or this is our next house show here and there. And he would never mention any news until one time I called up and I had to call it over and over again just to make sure. And he said that uh, Razor Ramon and Scott Hall, I mean, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash were leaving using their real names, which many people didn't know at the time. I did because I was the smart Mark Jabron. So I was like, oh, wow. Did he really say that? And this was, Scott Hall always says, I gave my 90-day clause, whatever. But I knew in January because I remember the month that I called that hotline and he, and he said that in January. So all this time that many people, because we didn't have really much, much newsletters and things going out. So you have to be in, in, in to know what's going on. And I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy. I'm like five months before, well, four months before I know that they're leaving. This is crazy. And it, it was like, I didn't, I didn't believe it, but it was just like, wow, it's amazing. I, I didn't. I didn't think that uh, Howard Finkel would say something like that, considering he's not a, a hotline guy or someone that would spill beans like that. But it, it, he actually did that. I honestly had no idea that like he had his own hotline to like make money off of that type deal, you know, to be part of basically what helped fuel dirt sheets. I had no idea. Did yeah. you know that, Rob? I, I didn't until Manny just said that now. Um, you know, but thinking back to it with with Mean Gene having left and Mean Gene actually had the 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 hotline at WWE before, um, yes. you know, somebody had to take it over. And the, the, the back then, Lee, those 900 numbers were, were big money um, because every every kid, myself included, was blowing 375 a minute uh, dialing these 900 numbers. And and they were quite the profit uh, center. And, and I know. Mean Gene or Scheme Gene, if you will, 
always had had good stuff on his hotline and and i didn't know that howard had taken it over but but you know it's it's uh it's definitely interesting yeah that really is uh one thing i do know about you manny is that you have been able to work with the iron sheik what was that like what what's he like it's it's probably the most amazing experience you'll ever have because the character lives on in his real life you know it's it's constant you know camera on camera off i've been with them many times and it's the same person you're gonna get you know it it's it's all legit you know he he lives his character which is awesome it's it's nice to to have that because back then you know it's like you had to live your character but even in the 2000s 2020s he's still that same guy uh i i'd love doing the all the uh the shoot interviews with him and just him getting on Howard Stern and the whole YouTube thing that, you know, I created for him to get his fame kind of back into the spotlight, which was nice. Cause I always wanted to wanted all the people in the world to see that, you know, he's a funny guy and he, you know, and he became so loved because of all that YouTube stuff that I put out there before that, everybody would just think he's this really bad guy or, you know, he's the ultimate Iranian heel. And, it also helped that, you know, we're from the same country. So, so we connected well. Shiki's right. a great guy. I love Shiki. So I'm, 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 I'm glad that, uh, that you did that with, with Shiki, that those videos have been great. And, you know, I just saw Shiki last year, actually during the pandemic, I went down to his house and, and he's still, like you said, he lives his gimmick. He loves it. And, and i Believe me, anybody who's got a chance to be around him, they know he's he's not the bad Iranian. He's actually the the really really fun American. Absolutely, and he and he's so funny. Just some of the things he says naturally. Like we were doing a shoot interview um, one time in Queens, um, and he looks over and he sees a gumball machine. Everybody knows what a gumball machine is. He goes, "Oh, Baba, what is this kind of gimmick?" what is that? You know, it's like it's something that everybody would know. And it was just so funny. He, would, he didn't recognize what a gumball machine was. <laughs> <laughs> Manny, have you watched Brett Azar portray Iron Sheik on NBC's The Young Rock? I have not, but when I get the time, I definitely will. How do you do? He did a good job. He's I thought he did all right. Um, we've, we've, we've had him on the show and, uh, I'll include the link and I'm also going to include the iron cheek links that, uh, shoot interviews you've done with him too. Um, he does good. He does good. He's, uh, did, did a good job. Uh, I was pleased with, with how it came out and, uh, iron cheek actually, uh, talked to him about it, helped him with the character. But one of the, one of the funny things was that Brett tells this story was Iron Sheik called him after seeing him for the first time. And he goes, Baba, why you no effing swear? <laughs> <laughs> That's Sheiky. Yeah. And he goes, and Brett goes, Sheiky, it's, it's NBC. They don't swear on TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was, it was just so funny. It was, it was a great experience. Uh, how did you feel that WWE did with WrestleMania backlash ending at the perfect time for fans to go 
watch the A&E documentary of Shawn Michaels, because that's one thing we talked about. We weren't sure if they were going to end the pay-per-view at 10 or 11. And how did you feel that that came out? Um, I guess it worked out for the better. Uh, you got to look at it this way, that the pay-per-view had to run on a Sunday and A&E had the eight or 10 episodes that had to be on a Sunday at pretty much around the same time. So it, had, it fell on the slot that, you know, on the Shawn Michaels episode, but you know, that's okay. It, Shawn, the Shawn Michaels episodes episode is actually airing all weekend. It airs again in the next uh, seven minutes, which is nice, you know, and then again at midnight and then tomorrow again at 6 p.m., which is cool, you know. So for those that missed it, you know, they get to watch it, you know, when they can. Manny, do you get to still get to keep in touch with the, the click members? Uh, Kevin, not, Scott, Sean, Hunter? Uh, not really. Um, I haven't in, in a while. But as far as the producers for A&E, I still talk to them. The producers for WWE, I still talk to them here and there, you know. But that's about it. Well, you definitely got to come out to a New York show when, when Kevin and Scott are around. I'm sure, it, uh, especially if Kevin brings out the red wine, we'll, we'll have us a good time. No, we definitely will. Just as long as, uh, well, then again, I made a new fan the other day. His name is uh, Jim Cornette. He had some nice things to say about me on his podcast or whatever radio interview. Two days ago in the morning, I, I woke up, I get a text. Oh, Jim Cornette just buried you. He blames you for all of it, specifically you. And he said he wants to slap the shit out of you because you're a piece of shit. I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> well, if it's any consolation, Jim has felt that way about you since day one. So, I um, but, but, you know, you're in, you're in a great club because Jim, Jim is not fond of many people. Um, you know, I don't think Jim likes his dog. So, uh, you know, you're, you're in a, you're in a, a club of, of many, many people. No, that, and that's a good thing because I love Jim and that actually made my day. Cause I was just laughing and crying so hard for <laughs> so long when I found out about that and then I actually heard it. I'm like, this is the coolest thing ever. But the fact is like, you know, he blames me for leaking it out and everything the, you know, I taped it, but I never leaked it out of, outside of Madison Square Garden. It's the WWE that aired it on 97 and they're the ones that put it out there so it wasn't me but i'll take the credit for it if he wants to say that well in fairness in fairness to 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 everybody whether it was taped leaked whatever the case may be it was kevin scott sean and hunter that decided to actually do the action you just happened to catch it on tape so you know, Jim, Jim should take a couple steps back and understand that there were four guys in that ring that enabled you to tape that uh, that night. So, you know, they played a bigger hand than just uh, the videotaping of it. Sure. It's like I wasn't the one that did the curtain call. I wasn't even in it. You know, I just happened to film it. I could understand when people say the video itself self helped the attitude error or Austin's career. But, you know, I said on the any &E, uh, interview it didn't air, but I told him, you know, I think Steve Austin's career would have still happened. I think the Attitude Era would have still happened, Kane's character, whatever, with or without the video. I still believe that it wasn't us that helped do that. I just, if you want to say that, that's fine. I mean, I'll, I'll take that, but I, I still never saw it that way. It was, it's only the last, like, two, three years that people have been saying that, just the last few years, and it's just become big. It's like, whoa, okay. That's fine. Oh, wow. All right. Manny, I got to ask, uh, where can fans follow you on social media? 
On social media, I'm on uh, Instagram, WWE Curtain Call Kid. And on uh, Facebook, my name, Manny Motadi, M-A-N-I-M-O-H-T-A-D-I. Awesome. Manny, Rob and I have had a fantastic time speaking with you today. Uh, this is here. some very insightful stuff. Uh, fans, make sure you go find Manny on social media. Give him a follow, a like. Friend request him. You, if, if he's going to accept it, that's up to him. I can't determine that. But uh, Manny, I had a, <laughs> Manny, I had a great time. <laughs> Way to plug uh, no, Manny's social media. He's not going to accept you. And and, and and you know what? The qu the questions you guys asked were like right on because these are the, these are the things I actually wanted to talk about the tape and you know how we snug smuggled it in and or walked in with it. You know those are the questions I wanted to actually get out of the way and uh, you guys asked that, which is well, awesome. Manny, do you still happen to have the camera? No, the camera is probably long destroyed. You know. <laughs> Who knows where that camera is? I was just saying because I'm still back on that WWE Treasures thing. I know, I know, uh, you know they they are going to come hunting for you. Um, so maybe yeah. sooner rather than later, Scott and Kev uh, are going to be showing up on your door looking for that that tape. And I figured they'd want the camera as well, so that way they could make sure there's no more evidence of of any of this curtain call stuff. <laughs> right? Hey, you know what? Maybe I'll go on eBay and find that '80s camera and just <laughs> replicate it. <laughs> But I, you know what? I can't rep replicate this because this is the original and it's only been viewed three times. And I pulled the tab off so it can't be recorded over. I preserved it. It's called generation loss. That's why I only viewed this three times because every time you view it, every time you copy it, it loses the quality. So wow. I tried to preserve it. Yep. Oh, wow. I did not know that either. Me neither. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. And for this one time only, I'm going to say it this way. Ladies and gentlemen, spoiler freeze, not the way to be. We're out. Mm -hmm.